Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. So today we're actually going to just do a, a Q&A, straight up Q&A. Oh, hello. Greetings. Greetings, Earthling. Um, since we're doing that now. Uh, so I was just telling our viewers that we're doing a Q&A today. So we are. Yeah, we're just, we're looking for questions from you guys so that we can just provide some, some general information here about OCD. And uh, this is not a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only, just as a reminder. Quick reminder, yeah. Um, if you could ask the questions actually in the question box, that would be so killer because Super it's hard sweet. to, yeah, to catch them as they come up. Sometimes they go so fast. And also on top of that, sometimes we lose our feed and some of us, we can't see it. Tis so. true. Tis true. Somebody put something in the question mark box, but it got cut off. So I, I don't have any questions just yet. Um, Although somebody just, I did see in the feed since we're waiting on the question mark box, uh, OCD and work. And I, I guess I'm curious as to a little bit more specificity with that, um, I guess, dealing with OCD in a work context. Yeah. And we actually did a, um, a whole podcast on this. So you can find that on your podcast of choice. I think it's titled OCD and work in the workplace conveniently. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. And, uh, we have it on YouTube and on our Instagram channels too, if you like, but I did just see a question pop in. Somebody was asking if sexual orientation OCD can start at the age of 12 to 13, which, um, is quite specific, but one of the things that I want to make note of is that OCD does commonly start in either childhood, adolescent time period or in early adulthood. Um, so yeah, there's a hormone shift. Good old hormones. Things are happening in there and yeah. Yeah. And I know given your area of specialization with postpartum, right? Like that's something that certainly impacts that population as well. Yes. Yeah. It likes to kick on whenever there's a hormone jump or drop or any shift really. Because <laughs> it just, <laughs> just really any just, difference. Yeah. Just like changing your shirt color. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, maybe, 
big transitions too in life. Totally. But it's hard for Lauren and I to answer a question like that because it's a loaded question. So and we're it, trying and our it, best. <laughs> it sounds it. specific enough too that it might fall into, and I don't want to make any, uh, uh, I don't know what's the word that I'm looking for, Kelly. Uh, any assumptions here? Assumptions, maybe? yeah, yeah. But it does sound like it could have a flavor of reassurance to it, and so you know, generally speaking, can OCD start? No, OCD can start at any time, really. In theory, it can. It so can. in theory, it could be changing your shoes. Yeah. Like I said, um, but also I hate, to, I hate when people assume everything that I do is related to my OCD. I, there's nothing that bothers me more. Totally. Um, especially so, when people don't have OCD and they do that. So I, that's why we want to really make sure that we're not assuming anything. It's just the spec, the specific 13, 12. Yeah. 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 Um, and you're so right on. I'm really glad that you brought that up because that nothing pisses me off more than when somebody's like, tell you what, man, this is your OCD. I'm like, oh, really? I know <laughs> when it's my OCD and I get to decide that. Thanks. Well, and I, I think sometimes it it can be helpful if it's framed in the right way. If somebody says, Hey, absolutely. I think that your OCD might be at play here. Do you think so too? And can we maybe come up with a response that would be good for you or helpful for you? And then it gives you the freedom to say, you know what? You're probably right. I think I can see that too. Or no, I don't think that this is my anxiety. This is, you know, but thank you. Right. I mean, obviously we deal with that regularly uh, with clients because we work with OCD. But there's definitely a nice way to approach that and actually inspire insight and say like, you know, OCD looks like this when it presents for you. Do you think that's happening right now? Yep. Yep. Make it more into a discussion rather than a definitive statement. That's like, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually just saw somebody in the chat feed going by say that they are dating somebody with OCD. And that's, that's something that was just well-timed given what we were talking about that, that having an open discussion with the person and saying, I want to support you. How can I support you? If they're in therapy, maybe saying, Hey, can I talk to the therapist? Or is there a book that I could read so that I can provide you with optimal support? Right. And if you come into session, Oftentimes we figure out a language to use that instead of giving reassurance, it's more of, I know you're struggling right now. I am not going to give you reassurance because we've agreed upon that. It's not helping you, but I'm here for you. How can I be here for you without doing that? Totally. So, yeah. And to be fair, a lot of the exposures we do we don't want to share, like if it's relationship OCD, we typically don't want to be like, oh, we're going to tell them all about how I have doubts of this relationship and if right. I'm attracted to them or not. That's usually right. not a, they don't need to be exposed to that. Or that like, I don't know, um, being intimate with them as some sort of exposure, right? Like you don't right. necessarily <laughs> want to like share they that with a partner. They don't need to know that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a hard thing to 
carry potentially uh, for the relationship to carry anyway. But yeah, I think we got some more questions rolling in. So let me take a look. Um, Let's see. This is an interesting one. Is there a science behind suppressing an obsessive thought or distracting? Does this make it worse or better? Let's do an experiment. <laughs> Let's just do a little brief experiment because there is some science behind there's this. A, yeah. And there's a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Kelly, don't think about a pink zebra, please. Mm, too late. Dang. Oh, no. What happened? What happened? Instantly. Instantly. Right. It's well, it's such a trap because the more that you try not to think about something, you have to think about the thing to not think about the thing. So it's, it's a total trap. Right. Which is why it's so great to be the one on offense in OCD is like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and think about the pink zebra on my time. And there's something very powerful about that. In the yeah. I'm going to bring it up on purpose. I Show love pink, pink zebras. Pink zebras are the best. I mean, that would only be cool. pink zebra. It would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think the, the, the funny thing is, and this is the research shows that people, when you, when you actively try not to think about it, it comes up more when you are ambivalent about it. Like it can come and go, like, think about it. You actually, think about it less. So like when you, when you actually even effectively are like, I'm going to think about this, you think about it less, which is crazy. Yeah. It's very counterintuitive. Very. Um, But if, even if we look at, um, if we look at act acceptance and commitment therapy, they would actually argue that, you know, suppressing any emotion as well, right? Like sadness would almost be what's pushing depression is like, let yourself feel sad, but let's go do something of value while we're sad. Yes. Yeah. Trying to pretend like you're not, is not healthy. Yeah. That's, that's not a winning choice. Uh, and just allowing it to be there. And to your point, not letting it dictate your behaviors. The one thing I want to add to this that I think is important uh, is this distracting piece because, and it goes into what Kelly was just saying is I, I don't think that distraction is helpful. I think refocusing is helpful and that's, I mean, it's semantics, right. And for some people, I'm sure that distracting means refocusing, but from my vantage point, what we're talking about is allowing for thoughts to be there and then bringing your attention to whatever, wherever you want it to be or letting the feelings be there and then bringing your attention to wherever your thoughts want to be or where you want your attention to be. Words are hard sometimes. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, yeah. And that's, yeah. Same with thoughts and feelings, both is if we can make space for them and then go on with life. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. Cause I think oftentimes people go, Oh, for example, if I tell someone, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go for a walk. This is just a random example. I have no idea if this is going to even pan out appropriately, but I'm excited. every time the intrusive thought comes, we're going to just come back, have, keep having the conversation with your friend while you're walking, redirect. They'll be like, Oh, isn't that distracting from the thought? 
Aren't I supposed to sit in the thought? No. I mean, maybe. Yes. Depends on the, it totally depends if we're doing an exposure where you're leaning in. But if I'm saying the homework for this week is redirect, refocus on the conversation, sometimes people think that's distracting because we're not bringing it on. But guess what? That thought's going to be with you regardless. So you're going to have to redirect, refocus a thousand times in just a five minute walk. Yeah. It's so true. It's the, the element of, of returning over and over and over again is, and it's a practice. Um, and I, I actually think almost exclusively that it, that the refocusing is helpful, right? Like, I, I don't know that, cause you said the thing about sitting in, in thoughts. And I, I think that part of the problem there is that that very quickly devolves into rumination. Yeah, it sure does. So I'm talking not, about like bringing it on, right? Like, yes. oh yes. Yeah. Can't wait totally. to stab them when we go so, around this bend. So excited. But right now I just have to feel my feet in my shoes. So I guess I'll stab them when we turn the corner. Yeah. Wait and do that then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> uh, let me look at the questions. And also a quick uh, reminder is that, uh, or maybe it's not a reminder. Maybe it is, hold on, I'm blocking people. Aha. Um, Is that Lauren and I will not be doing a podcast for the next two weeks. I will be moving or it'll be doing exciting things. And <laughs> yes, I will be uh, out of town. So, uh, but we will look forward to restarting in mid April timeframe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. That was a good reminder. Yes. Um, so any tips on how to stop obsessing over if my job is fit for me? Mm. I thought that was an interesting one. I'm so curious if this person gets stuck on other decision-making stuff, Mm. but it also reminds me a little bit of like relationship OCD, Mm. right? Yes. Because our OCD people traditionally think it's like partner related, but I would argue it could be relationship with anything, including a job, a friend, a child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it can be the, the rightness of fit. It can be how I feel about the person. It can be whether or not I'm good enough or a person or a job. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So any tips on how to uh, stop obsessing? Well, it's not obsessing. We're worried about it's the compulsing we're worried about. So the intrusive thoughts gotta let them be there but the compulsions are likely mental rumination, um, checking, comparing. That's just my guess. Asking others. Yeah. And, and what it's down to is accepting that we don't know whether or not the job is right. Right. For you, like accepting the uncertainty around maybe it's not the perfect job, assuming of course that it's the good enough job. And if you've been in the back and forth a lot, it's because it's quite common to reflect 
generally on whether or not uh, a career suits you, but there's obviously a limited viability in, in asking that question over and over again and trying to answer it over and over again. So if you find yourself checking your emotions to see if you're really enjoying your job or if you are find yourself in sort of a back and forth, like a mental debate about whether or not the job is a good enough fit for you, uh, that, that doing what we were just talking about and saying, I don't know, but I'm walking down the street with my friend right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm choosing yeah. the job today, but you know, this is not a replacement for therapy as we had said earlier. So we don't know the details of your case. We can't specifically tell you any like advice or just generally tips on how to, if it's in fact OCD, how to respond to it, which is we don't have the answer and choosing to actively not figure that out. Yep. Well, and it, accepting the risk that comes with that. Yeah. Maybe I, uh, what's the maybe there? Like maybe I lived my whole life in the wrong career, mm. essentially, you know? Yeah. I could, and could have lived a whole nother version of myself that brought all this opportunity. Um, yep. Yes. There's no right fit for anything. Well, that's the thing. It's such a trap. There's right. What does that even mean? <laughs> is right the one that you enjoy most? Is it the one that you're best at? Is the one where you have the most to learn? Which is if we're going back to relationship OCD, that can also apply in that realm as well. It's like, what's the right partnership? Is it the partnership where everything's smooth sailing and you never uh, have any disagreements? Well, that that doesn't actually really serve your growth. Although I do feel like that with you. <laughs> That's because right, we, we have the perfect relationship, <clears throat> obviously. I, I, yeah, I know. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Uh, I liked that this sort of dovetailed into what we were talking about before, uh, just talking about, which is uh, what to do when you are overthinking even the smallest de- decisions you make. Obviously, not work's not a small decision. I'm not saying that, but... No, no. This ability to go into the back and forth around pretty much anything. I've worked with people who have difficulty uh, choosing the type of fruit they're going to buy at the grocery store, right? And that they'll get stuck in the back and forth. And then once they find the type, it's like, well, which one is the right one? Um, So this can really come up with anything. Uh, Anything. Yeah. Cheesecake factory. Oh, boy. Yes. Um, But yeah, so it's actually um, Jonathan Grayson, Dr. Jonathan Grayson has a great article, I think, on this, on his website, I want to say. If not, (laughs) it's in his book. But he kind of breaks down all the, like, choices in life, like buying a new car, getting a house, um, choosing a college, choosing what groceries to, you know, what you're going to eat that night, what, what gas to buy, what color shirt you should wear. He like kind of breaks down tiny decisions, medium, and then harder decisions. Mm. And he says, generally, this is what, how long it, it, we want it to take, right. It's like mm. kind of like a split second, yeah. which I thought was interesting. I really like that uh, chapter, but that's way cool. I don't know that I've, I've read most of freedom from OCD, but I don't know that I've, I've seen that. 
And that's interesting because to that end, the, the work that I usually do with clients around this is, okay, we're going to limit the amount of time that you have to make a choice. And then you're right. just going to land and you're going to make the maybe good enough choice, but who knows? Right. Like in session, we might set an alarm and say, I mean, we're not going to do this with like a college where you go like, okay, am I going to go to Pepperdine? Am I going to UCLA? <laughs> like, okay. You got one minute on the clock. Let's go. Good luck. <laughs> But if it's something like, uh, what am I going to have almond milk or am I going to have oat milk? You got 30 seconds. I'm going to time it. And then if you don't choose it, I'm going to choose it for you. And then you have to live with that for the whole week. Yeah. So moving fast Yeah. and saying maybe it was the, the wrong choice. Yeah. Somebody just mentioned, uh, we want lasting peace. And that's, that's another iteration of that. And I think it's absolutely right. It is I don't want to make the wrong decision because that's going to make me uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's this sort of false promise that at the end of, of one of the choices, whether it's about your sexual orientation <laughs> or your relationship or your job or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anything, um, your mic, your mic, is this the right mic for me? Like, but at the end of this, if I make the right decision, then I'm going to have lasting relief, which is just, it's such a lie. Lasting relief doesn't exist. God, I would really, per our conversation earlier. I know we were just talking. (laughs) I was like, I think all the like major life things are done now, right, Lauren? <laughs> okay, I got to move. I got I got all this. Okay, business started. Are there Check. any others that I should potentially look for? Coming around the bend? Yeah, no, yeah. probably because you can't watch out for all of them because absolutely there will be. Yeah. So, um, with all that said, I know that we need to keep today short. Do do you want to take one more or shall we wrap it? I probably should wrap it. I'm sorry. I would sit here all day. I I know. I know. That's same. So I hope your hair looks just awesome, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, I hope everybody has a really great several weeks. We'll look forward to seeing you again in like mid April and be well guys and be well friend. Be well. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.